We're two self-care experts, a massage therapist, and a licensed professional counselor, husband and wife and parents of three, business owners and working professionals, who have intimate experience with stress both professionally and personally. Our podcast aims to teach the everyday professionals how to live through the stresses in life while learning to be their best in life. Roll Tide, Roll Tide, Roll Tide. <laughs> I am your host, Tiffany Story. And I'm your host with the most, Lamar Story. Welcome to this episode of Living the Stress Life Podcast. Why are you reading it like that? I'm trying to sound like, use my radio voice. Oh, okay. Welcome to this episode of Living the Stress Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lamar Story, with Tiffany Story, Living the Stressed Life. Okay. So... <laughs> Today, I know there are a lot of people probably tuning in to the Alabama-Ohio State game, but that don't stop what we got to do. And so we are recording for those who are tuning in um, via the podcast player every week when we record our podcast, we typically um, go live on Facebook and uh, video record. So if you hear us pausing or saying, hold on, guys, usually it's because we're doing both simultaneously. So roll with us. Roll with So with the tide. This week we are discussing the January 6th uh US Capitol riot, right? Right, right, right. So let's kind of just reflect on what happened this week. Give give a brief synopsis as to just the, really the basic of what happened. Um, so we all know that Donald Trump recently in the 2020 election um, lost to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And um, of course, he did not take that well and has been working tirelessly to overturn the election results. But not only did he win by popular vote, he also won the electoral college vote, which is very Biden. Biden. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm sorry. Biden won the electoral college vote. Um, and Donald Trump was not happy about that and really was kind of antagonizing um the situation and boosting his uh his supporters up to take things into their own hands to overturn the results. And so as a result, he did a rally in D.C. And after the rally, the people that who the, the supporters that came to D.C., which they came in droves, they came by the thousands. Um, he boosted them, their heads, boosted their heads and encouraged them to storm the Capitol building, which they did. They stormed the Capitol. Not only did they storm the Capitol, but they made it inside of the building. Um, there were at there were intentions to kidnap and possibly physically harm um, voted legislators that were actually in active session to confirm the electoral college and election vote. And during that time, there were things, people got killed. Um, there was damage to the Capitol building. There was theft of uh, and um, property damage and it was all incited by our active sitting president, Donald Trump. Your president. Um, the U.S. Uh, uh, the U.S. 45. President. So 
we just kind of talking about what became evident during the broadcast across various uh, media sites of that particular incident. Um, when we look at what happened, I noticed and Lamar noticed, and we've kind of had a lot of discussions around everybody's response to the um the military and police response to Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of talk about, you know, your initial response and how you kind of felt and processed because a lot of people on Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter and social media was just going crazy. People being upset, especially a lot of black people was, you know, there were, there was outrage. There was people making jokes like let's stay out of white folk business. Let them handle their own business. Like, what was your response? So I'm kind of going to put you on the spot. Oh, okay. And I didn't talk to you about this before the podcast. On purpose? No, this oh. just happened. But I think I'm going to need you to counsel. Give me counsel right now. Because I don't know how to feel. Mm. And I'm just being real with you. It's like... I know that the government didn't really care about us for a long time. You have hopes of that. Well, maybe this incident was just some rogue people that did this or killed this black man. Or, you know, maybe it was just that city or town that's racist, that has racist police squad. And then this happened. Mm -hmm. Right? And then it's like... You see police officers escorting these people into the building, out of the building, taking selfies with them. There was no tear gas. There were no, and these people were armed. There were no. They were. They there was no infantry on the steps like they were. Bombs with Black Lives Matter and everything. Mm -hmm. Right, and it was like a picnic. You know what I mean? It was just like the police treated them with so much respect. And for me, honestly, I just don't know how to feel right about America right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 deep on so many levels because you see it and you be like, WTF? So <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like like for real, like so peaceful protests equals showing up with tanks, guns put in people's face when they're peaceful black protesters. Black Lives Matter, which they try to say that is a terrorist organization, but yet you will not label these white people as terrorists. Domestic terrorists. Furthermore, what, a couple of weeks ago, Dude just bombed, just set off a bomb in Nashville. You heard about it like one day. Yeah. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. Like all of this stuff compiled in my brain. And it's just like, I don't know what to feel. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I kind of want to just feel nothing. But at the same time, I'm, I live here. You know what I'm saying? So, and I have kids that live here. And honestly, I'm just at a point where I do not know what to feel. I don't know if I'm the only one feeling like this, 
I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people, are, I had clients came in today. And that's the beautiful thing about our space because people feel like they can just come in and talk. And the client asked me, she was very upset, but she asked me how I felt. And I just kind of looked at her and that was the first time that I was speechless. The very first time in my career <laughs> that I was speechless and just was like, I don't know how to feel. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. So I'm coming to you right now as a a client of yours. And it's the benefit of being married to a mental health therapist. Don't let him lie to you. <laughs> but right now, I'm coming to you saying, I don't know how to feel. I know I feel something. Because I can feel it on me. But I don't know what it is. I don't know how to get rid of it. And... It's like, it's stressful, it's depressing because we live here and I can see that this government don't care about me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Or people that look like me. And they treat us different. And this, if you didn't know from the previous protest <laughs> how different they treat us and then when you seen this, and to this day, this was what happened, what, five days ago? Mm -hmm. So to this day, five days ago, the FBI hadn't come out and made a statement. The local government, the mayor of D.C. has come out. But you typically, on the same day, somebody will come out and make a statement about what has happened. Just like the Nashville bombing. They came out and made a statement about what they knew. Mm -hmm. Nobody has made any statements other than congressmen giving live accounts. But government... Uh, the FBI agency and all of them, they have not, the police department, they have not made any statements about what has happened. So it leads me to feel, I don't know if I'm slightly depressed or if I'm just trying to ignore it or try to just like, I don't care no more. But that's just where I'm at. So, help me. <laughs> I think that the first thing that I think should be said is that when people experience something that is traumatic or causes some type of emotional, mental, um, or um, some type of psychological distress, it is not uncommon for people to disassociate. It's not uncommon for people to kind of separate or disconnect from what you're you know what's going on i think that's a a common stress response or um coping response um and i think today what i you know what i really want to talk about with everybody that's tuning in and listening is exactly that that there are a lot of things out of our control but there is a choice in how we respond and how you can process the stress of psychological and emotional trauma um, that comes along with racial injustice. Um, and I think the first thing is practicing mindfulness and being present and allowing yourself to focus on what you're experiencing when stuff like that is happening. You know what I'm saying? Or when you realize that if you haven't processed, but you feel triggered by something and it brings up thoughts of what's happened or something like, you know, seeing police beat peaceful protesters of color or, 
you know, seeing that and it triggers something, but you don't quite know how to put your finger on what it is you're experiencing. And I think that's what it is. It's like right now, if I see a police officer, I automatically think you care nothing about me. Mm-hmm. Nothing I say to you is going to make you look at me differently but I think than a white counterpart. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, we have to, and on my brain, you associate that with the police officer because of the way they treat them and then the way they treat us. You know what I'm saying? So, someone that, you know, when you're a child, they're like, oh, yeah, if you're having this problem, you know, call a police officer or run up to a police officer. But then when you step over that threshold and become a teenager, you look at it as a threat. Mm-hmm. When you're not a child anymore, and you're entering that teenage to adult stage, they don't look at you as, oh, let me help this little kid. Now they're looking at you like, what you doing? But I think even black and brown kids have been looked at as threats, even when they're little. I mean, there's countless accounts of young kids being arrested by uh, Curtis. Well, I don't know if they call them courtesy officers, but the school officers, you know, mishandling them and, and trying to press charges against eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds for doing what eight-year-old, nine-year-olds do, like throw tantrums and, you know, kind of become defiant. But I think I'm going to go back to just being present and mindful of what you're experiencing, like focusing on where you're experiencing um the distress like is it is it a physical is it manifesting physically you know is there tension in your body you know what what are the physical indications and then kind of so, going deeper well, i'm gonna give you an example like today i had a full schedule today but i wasn't present you know what i mean like i think everybody enjoyed their massages or whatever because my body goes on like a little automatic thing but I felt myself not being present. Before she asked you that or after? Not just her. Uh-uh. I'm talking about the whole day. I know that's what I'm asking. So do you feel like you was not present because of what transpired last weekend? It's just kind of been an ongoing yeah. thing. It was like my mind is clouded. It's like it, I don't, I really, I went thinking about nothing. And I think it's all because of this. And it's like, I need to figure out if I'm experiencing depression or what. Because I'm like, it was something definitely different about me today. Mm-hmm. And because my clients were brought up what happened, and I didn't know how to respond. You know what I mean? And so it was just like, it caused me to start just replaying the stuff, the stuff I see in the news in my head. And yeah. it caused me to think, like, man, the only thing I could think about doing my massages, they like, they don't care about us. Like, they don't care about us. Like, they let these people do this, and they're taking selfies with them, and, you know, so, stuff like that. That's so, the only thing I could think about. Let me ask you a question. Did this lady come in at the start of your day? Because I... No. Okay. Where in the day did she ask you these questions? And where That's did just one client. But I has. Uh, That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Is, did you have... A few people ask you about that today. Yes. Okay. So how early? Like at the start of your day? Uh, I, my first client didn't talk about it. I don't think I can't remember who it was right now. But I think my second, yeah, my second client 
came in, and that's when we started talking about it. And then it kind of just mm-hmm. was pretty. And I think what happens is, like I said, people disassociate, especially when you don't know how to feel, but it's also a way to suppress because when you're in a state where you're distressed, you're, there are a lot of bodily functions that, that shut down. Like when you're in a flight or fight response, you know, it's just like if we go to just basic human uh, bodily function, whether you're a human or whether you're an animal, you know, when you are triggered where you perceive a threat, okay, whether that per- that threat is um, real or just a perception, there are certain things that happen in your body. You know what I'm saying? And everything that transpires in your body is to either fight and defend yourself or to escape danger. Mm. And so part of that is our mental, there's a part of our brain that shuts down when we're in crisis. And that's how a lot of people say they blacked out or there's things that they don't remember. For instance, um, um, Yvette, one of our friend's cousin was in a car accident. She posted that. When she look at her car, she she can't recall anything that really happened in that accident. Well, that's because when your body in this state, in order to conserve energy and make sure that all the energy is um, put into survival, that's, mm-hmm. you know, your blood flow and oxygen and so that the muscles are able to run so that you're you have greater stamina for surviving whatever the threat is whether again whether it's perceived or whether it's a real actual threat your part of your brain process is shut down and that's why it's really easy for people to disassociate or disconnect or not be able to remember what happened and so that oftentimes results in you not being able to put your finger on a specific emotion or a specific Mm. feeling and so i think what happens too is you have that, but you also have, you can't perform in your job well and be in crisis. So you also can disassociate, which means you make an intentional, uh, intentional conscious decision to not allow yourself to experience how you feel, you know? And I think Again, going back to being present and evaluating what are you experiencing physically? Like, how is this manifesting for you physically? And then allowing yourself to process what is the cause of this physical manifestation? You know, one of the things I learned about myself pretty early is when I get extremely emotionally triggered, I can't think. Mm -hmm. I'm not a I'm not a person if I'm like really up here and really angry, I'm not good in an argument. You know, I might not recall that I said something. I might <clears throat> I have to go away after the argument and really think about how things progressed or the tra- transition um of that argument because when I'm in a heightened state, my physical process goes into flight or fight response. And that part of my brain that would normally function and process does not work well. And so, but I learned early at what those physical manifestations were. When I started realizing it'd be hard for me to think, I, you know, I feel labored in my breathing. I could feel my heart racing. 
those were clear indications that I'm getting emotionally charged or upset. And a lot of times I'll walk away or just I I have developed the skill to just say, hey, whether I don't whether I say it out loud or not, I can do that in my mind. Like I'm getting upset. Let me just disconnect or disassociate from this. And so I think that's what a lot of us are doing. Um, and so I think what I what I really want to encourage people to do is to really be mindful of how they're processing things that are out of their control. And I think for me, my response to things like that, when I see things like police beating people on TV, pro- peaceful protesters, or someone's been killed by the police, I automatically disassociate because the type of work that I do um, as a licensed professional counselor in the program where I work, I cannot be really productive, being patient and accommodating and affirming to my clients' needs and helping other people process through their stuff and being effective if I'm processing my emotional experience. So a lot of times I will experience about a sadness around it. Like, or if I'm not even sad, I just feel numb. I feel nothing. And I think that's pretty much what you're doing because honestly, I wouldn't have realized living here with you that what happened bothered you that much because we had too much other stuff going on. Like we running a business, we doing this, we get, you know, we got stuff going on. And so there's no time to, we might chit chat, but there's no time to really dwell and be mindful and present with those feelings. Um, I did want to say that I saw that a lot on social media, whether it was people posted memes like, oh, Lord, black, uh, white folks is arguing. Every, this is every black person in America right now, you know, with people acting like they on the phone or that's white folk business, let white folk handle their business. Like to me, that was a form of disassociation, like turning it into laughter. But then you had those people who. But it really is affecting. Yeah, it's affecting them, yeah, and they're choosing it is not to. It's, yeah. yeah, and they're choosing not to deal with how seeing that impacted them, and and how I I feel like the riots impacted a lot of people is it became clear and evident that black people are not treated equally. The police were not responding to these people in the same manner that they were responding to peaceful protesters because anytime but it was. This was a planned thing. People, Trump supporters had been talking about it. It was not like they were not um, being very vocal about what was happening or what they were planning on doing. They had t-shirts. You Is know it, it was planned if it had January 6th, you know, t-shirts on. It, Civil War. And it also Civil said Civil War. War. Yeah. And people can't prepare, like you said, with zip ties and bums. But... My thing was they were vocal about it and there was no military presence or there were not people standing outside the gates of the Capitol armed and ready for those people to approach the Capitol. However, if peaceful Black Lives Matter uh, protesters decided they were going to assemble, police came up in full military gear, war gear. You know, and I think for a peaceful assembly, for a peaceful assembly, and then want to label Black Lives Matter as a terrorist, terrorist organization, group. and so and the reality is, we are we know who the terrorists are. Yeah. So I want to move the conversation forward and just really mm-hmm. talk about my first tip. So my first tip of the day is when you're dealing with 
psychological and emotional distress, regardless if it's connected to racial um, injustice, it's just in any aspect of your life. The first thing you have to make a decision to do is actively cope, cope actively. And what does that mean? It means that most people who have success controlling their um, stress take on situations where they seek solutions. Um, what does that look like? So when you say seek solutions, should I, because of the way I feel, should I seek counseling or what is the solution? That I should be well, one, I mean, one of the solutions is actually being mindful and processing. You know what I'm saying? Like acknowledging is it is acknowledging what you're experiencing and how that impacts you, right? But then also making a decision that you're not going to be a a passive participant in your crisis. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example of. So don't don't just ignore what's going on. Well, not just don't just ignore, but also make a decision to how you're going to process what's happening, your perception, but how you're going to heal. The solution is what you actively do to change the the situation. So I'm going to give you an example of somebody being raped. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you are raped, it is deep physical and psychological and emotional trauma you know and it's a lot to recover and a lot of people have flashbacks you know there's this um very valid paranoia that comes up but you have some people that they they stay victims right they they all they never move beyond feeling like they don't have any control but then you have other people who go to the other side and they they take back, they take back, um, they take themselves back. That's, that's the best way I can describe it. They go to defense classes and learn how to defend themselves. They go to therapy. You know, they join some type of support group. They become um, advocates. They go protest. They go and they create laws. You know, all these Laws that have come out, like even what is it, the Miranda, uh, Miranda rights that came from somebody not being read rights, and somebody said this person was victimized. This is what should have been, should have happened. They should have been informed of their rights, and they advocated for this to become a law, something that was required to happen. Mm -hmm. And so, when I say actively cope, what does that look like if we're talking about actively coping with racial injustice? I think what that looks like is being a part of the solution, participating in solution-focused um, ideas and actively voting. You know, you don't have to go out and protest, but what you can do is be informed. You can be informed about how you can vote, how you can be involved in politics, whether that's just simply making phone calls. You know, I remember the last mayor's uh, mayoral election. You know, I participated in just calling. Somebody asked me what I do, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do. I'll I'll do calls for this person and ask them who they're voting for, yeah. and encouraging them to get out of vote." And I donated to an organization that encourages people to vote. That actually goes out and get people registered and stuff like that. So, yeah, and I feel like I played a part in changing something. You know what I mean? Even though it was small, it's a small yeah. contribution. And I think all of us can play 
our role. Like, I'm not a person that who's going to probably get out and protest for various reasons. It's not that I don't believe in protest. It has everything to do with what, how my life is set up. You know what I'm saying? And so I might not be actively participating in a protest, but I'm going to share information. I'll volunteer and my time. And you do protest. So most people think like protest is all about just marching in the streets. Yeah. Right. But you can protest with your money. Yeah, dollars. And just I like them, I always go back to the Montgomery bus boycott and how the uh, how effective it was. Mm -hmm. And sometimes marching in the streets brings attention to the message, but behind that, you also have to have the action plan, which is spend your money. Money talks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the right direction. So, or take away your money from certain organizations. You got to hit them in the pocket. And I think you just brought up a good point. I mean, you kind of talked about how I felt about this the other day. Like, I think a part of why we don't have as much pro progress today that people experienced back when Martin Luther King was um, alive during that civil rights movement was because there was a, a community effort. A concentrated effort. Everybody, they threw their support behind the same people. They had the same strategies. And every, you know, they had this, uh, everybody agreed on the platforms that were used to communicate with one another, the approach, regardless if they necessarily agreed that it was the most effective way, they agreed to go along with the majority. You know, you, you have groups, you got people like, um, certain Muslims that follow uh, the Nation of Islam that follows, uh, what's his name? Farrakhan. They didn't agree in peaceful anything. You know what I'm saying? And then you had Martin Luther King who believed in peace and you got Malcolm X who didn't. But all of them were fighting for the same things and there was some respect uh, you know, between them about, hey, I don't agree with you, but we are all fighting towards the, the, a common cause and I think we're so separate right now, and I think we should be focused on what's the main thing. The main thing is all for all of us to experience a place where we are free from racial injustice. And so I think to actively cope is to be very solution-focused and to identify a way in which you can be a contributor to change. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, is really about, it's about perception. You know, you could choose how you perceive that stressful situation. And that's that's really one of the first things you have to do is just make a decision how you're going to choose to perceive this. You could choose to perceive this as a situation that will never change. And if you use language like that and you have self-talk that's negative and that is not solution focused, then you can't come up with solutions. But if you have self-talk like, this does not work for me and I need to figure out how I can change and I can do something about this. I have some type of power. Then you become part of the solution. You can become part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And it changes it changes the way you engage with people and the way you experience that stress. And everybody can play their little part. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every little part matters. Even if it's going outside of your normal circle, right? And involving yourself in a different circle that may be of mixed cultures. Mm -hmm. 
but letting them, allowing them to learn your experience could change their hearts in a certain way. Yeah. So every little thing like that matters. I, I, the other thing is really being intentional about your mental and emotional health and engaging in in practices and behaviors. And I think that's where I am. That, I think today that my mind was in a protective state. And when it, it wouldn't allow me to tell people how I felt. You that's know not what I meant, though. Oh. I was, I was meaning, like, actually engaging in activities that mm -hmm. actually allowed you to restore yourself or refresh yourself or get to a place where you feel back to your normal self, like exercising or meditating or doing yoga or things like that. But what you said is valid. Yeah. Because, see, massage for me is a... It's like an hour-long prayer and meditation. You know what I'm saying? So, like this morning, I was looking forward to going to work. You know what I'm saying? It was like, that, to me, is my escape. It's quiet. Typically, it's quiet. The music playing. It's relaxing for them. But it also allows me to get in my meditative state. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to think about it. You know what I mean? It allows um, you to achieve peace. Yeah. I think it's also important for you to take good care of yourself. Um, you know, I see a lot of people, we mentioned that, Lamar mentioned that we have a, um, he donated to a friend who who has an organization called Woke Vote that um, advocates, they advocate for issues that are important to the community, but they, they really inform people about the political process, how it works, and encourage them to vote. They're not tied to a particular political party, but their main um, objective is to make sure that people who are able to vote understand the process and they go out and vote, go out and vote, and to make sure that they're informed. Um, and when you do work like that, because, uh, you know, they also go to areas that um, there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of political divide. There's a lot of um, agendas where the voter suppression is. So they encounter the fight. Right. They encounter those injustices that are, are occurring in that place. Well, that takes a lot out of you emotionally. Right. You have to actually pull away and refill and refuel and mm -hmm. i think people what does that look like they don't understand what that looks like for one it means disconnecting and disassociating with the information you know like disconnecting from tv disconnecting from social media platforms and news and information and allowing yourself to completely stop that part process how you're feeling meditate eat good sleep rest you know hydrate yourself because honestly you can't pour from an empty cup and if you're not taking care of your physical body then you don't have anything to give right so you can't be out drink you can't be out protesting all day and then partying and drinking and not dealing with your own mental health because the reality is when you're dealing with all uh, all these people who who victims who've actually experienced being beat and or you're there witnessing, you're experiencing vicarious trauma, meaning you're experiencing trauma by through somebody else's trauma. 
and you have to do your own work. Yeah, because your eyes have taken it into your mind, and now it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and whether you acknowledge it on a conscious level, what you've experienced comes out subconsciously. Like, you know, whether it's in anxiety, increased blood pressure, what goes in is going to have to come up and out and be addressed yeah. at some point. And so I think, for me, when I hear people say, no justice, no peace, that's what I think about. I think about inner peace. Mm. You know, if there's no justice, we can't get inner peace. So what does it look like to get our peace? Because I know most people intend their intention and when they say no justice, no peace, that they're saying you're not going to get any peace. But the reality is, it's not you're not going to get any peace. I don't have, I don't peace. have peace. And if I don't because have of peace, lack of justice. if I don't have peace, you can't get peace. Yeah. And, and the, the the other side to that is when we don't deal with our issues, we just compartmentalize and to the point that it comes mm. it comes out. Everything has a threshold. Yeah. A cup has a top. And mm. after you reach the top, when you keep pouring, it spills it, it, it spills over. Mm. And we have a threshold emotionally. So that's kind of our our take on um everything that happened and transpired in on Capitol Hill this past week and i want to encourage people like really process I, I let me talk about for me and then i'll come go back to that statement for me watching everything that transpired i did not have an emotional response i disassociated because for one it it wasn't a new confirmation or validation for me that racial minorities especially black people we you know that the the US doesn't care about us that the police and military does not care about us that was not a new revelation for me so it it didn't make me angry and i tend to get really silent especially on social media cuz when i see a whole bunch of people like rah 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 and just you know really voicing their anger and anger and disdain because i'm like but what are we really mad at though this is not a new revelation like what is it what's what is it solving me going and venting on social media about it? You know what I'm saying? So versus allowing it to disturb whatever I have going on, I just kind of pin it. You know what I'm saying? And I think for me, it makes me have this feeling like, how can I how can I show up for somebody? How can I how can I help? How what what can I do to do my part? Um because if I let myself dwell on it, I think about the fact that I have two black sons and a black daughter. And and the world is not equal for us because more than likely my daughter can still navigate the world because white people are more accepting of black women a lot often in, in, in certain spaces than they are. Even when they don't like black people as a whole, you have white men that will willingly lay with a black woman, put babies in her and take care of her. You know what I'm saying? I'm just be honest. The woman's body is just lusted after. So if for nothing else, we can serve them, even if all that's all we are to them, is a soft space to land. You know what I'm saying? But black men, don't they don't have that. They ain't trying to get nothing from y'all. Y'all ain't no soft place for them to land. So it's just like you are a threat because... I can't get nothing from you and you can get something from the women who 
we care about. You know what I'm saying? So I think for me, it's just like, I don't have time to dwell in the anger. It's just like, what we going to do? How we showing up? And so I think that when I look at what everybody's doing on social media, I understand everybody has their approach and they need to vent. But it's just like, where are you during election time? Where are you when it really matters the most? So that's it for me. What about you? I think that's it for me too. I'm just in the realm of processing. He and also I, he also looks sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes got real loud. I looked at that. I was like, oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really processing, man. It's just. This was a lot to take in. Like, what happened this past week was a big deal. Yeah. And they're making it seem like they was just playing hide and seek. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that this was really was a big the people. Deal. Yeah. yeah, like, bombs, guns, police officer was murdered. You know, so my thing is... And the way have, he was murdered. We have a nephew that's in jail now. For a murder that was committed. Yeah. He's in prison. In prison. For a murder that was committed because he was with some people. And this is what I was thinking about today. Mm -hmm. Just random thoughts going through my head like this. So all these people charged into the Capitol. A police officer was murdered. He had all these people with him. Are they going to be charged? No. Most likely not. Not even the ones that they can identify. It's not fair. I seen one guy, that, I think the guy that who actually was sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk and took her mail. They was like, he's getting a year in prison. If that. Yeah. You know, it's, it baffles me in how America is right now. I even told my, you know, my wife has been trying to get me to leave the country for a minute. <laughs> and now I'm I like, would gladly up and move. To I'm somewhere. just like really considering it. I'm like, where do we live right now? Like, what is this place? Like, is this a place for us, really? Like, yeah, we feel peace at home in our home, but when we leave outside of this house and get around people, and we got children that we have to think about, is this place really for us? Yeah. So that's where I am right now. I'm like, I'm just in a state of contemplation about a lot. And it's all as, it's a lot of things that's transpired through this whole pandemic. But for some reason, this hits me on like a really big level. I think, and I, if, if I'm like really processing, I'm thinking about why it's probably hitting you a little differently. I mean, when we compare what happened with George Floyd and then I think about this, those are two totally separate things. But I think the big deal about this is what it said is that white people are so privileged that it doesn't matter who you are. We will allow them to do what they want to do and then figure out how we're going to handle it later. Yeah. Like, it really ain't and that big deal. They how really we going to take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. going to figure out how we're going to take care of them and make sure that they don't get in too much trouble. And get help. Yeah. They get help. Like, they're disturbed. Let's get them help. You know? Yeah, they didn't know how serious it was. Or they didn't know... Like all these excuses that are being made up, I'm like. But again, to me, that's why white supremacy is a mental disorder. Like, 
the fact that you think a color makes you better. Like, you got the same physical process. But actually, is out of fear. So... It is. The whole white supremacy premise is to keep everything white. And when I see that things are not going their way right now, it's out of fear that they're reacting. Yeah. And it's like, okay, our race could potentially not exist in a few years. But it's so also... How do we, and I think subconsciously, they thinking like, what if we become them? But it's also, it's, it's, it's too prone because there's a fear of basically becoming an a, a, a extinct or yeah, extinct or a minority. But there's also this thing that also we're better because remember, just just because we've come into a place where we have certain rights don't mean this thought and ideology that was there when we were slaves that we were inhuman. You know, we were we were not the same. We were animals. That hadn't gone away. You have people who still think that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like white supremacy is really based on both of those things. That we need to keep our race pure, you know. And they re- respond away out of fear, but there's it's all, all the systems that are set up are set up because of the purity aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, the divide of where you live, the redlining, the school zones, prison systems. All of that, all of these systems are based out of fear of genetic annihilation. Yeah. Well, I think that this is a huge, huge undergoing, you know, undertaking, trying to move things in the right direction. But I do think the more we have healthy conversations and the more solution focused our conversations are. And there's they're they're just not conversations. Those conversations actually have solutions that are identified and then executed. I think we can't make any progress unless we do this and go through the process. So I'm glad you guys tuned in. Hopefully you found something helpful. If if you think there's something that, you know, we didn't discuss, there's something we should have gone deeper, um, explored deeper or a little bit more in detail, hey, let us know. But that's it for us, right? Until next time, live your best life. Living through your stress life. Hello.